Welcome to Still Growing in Grace, a weekly program dedicated to inspiring joy, giving hope, and delighting in grace. This program is brought to you by Hope Fellowship, your community church located on the second floor of the St. Jacob's Outlet Mall. I'm Pastor Mike Zenker, and for the next half hour, I'll be sharing with you a message of hope that will help you expand your understanding of God's love and amazing grace. So many are tired of trying harder to live the Christian life. I've got great news for you. You can stop trying. God already deeply loves you, totally accepts you, and really, really likes you. Enjoy today's program as we dig deeper into what it means to be still growing in grace. Welcome to Still Growing in Grace. I'm glad you tuned in this week. I hope last week's message was an encouragement for you. It was to me, especially when you're trying to find hope in difficult circumstances. I would like to continue that theme today. I want to take a look at a dearly beloved story or psalm or song or poem that most of us are familiar with. This is usually read at funerals or at solemn services. Uh, It's Psalm 23. Psalm 23. We've heard over and over and over again. In fact, if you are well-churched, when you hear this psalm, some of you may just kind of Uh, assume you know what it says and kind of not take it in fully. Today, I want to explore this psalm. I believe it is filled with deep richness that we may not be aware of. And so I hope to make it come alive for you today so that the next time you hear it, you will hear it differently. I'm going to read it from a couple translations today. Uh, First from the message translation, which is more of a paraphrase uh, than a translation. It's not word for word. It's more of thought for thought translation, kind of making it easier to understand for individuals. If you want to do a deeper study of the actual words, then you need to go to a more of a, a stronger translation. And so we can talk about that on another show. But today I want to read Psalm 20 from you from the message first, and then we'll read it from the New Living Translation. Let's see if you remember this psalm. It's approximately 3,000 years old, and it has spoken comfort to endless people. So many individuals have heard these words during difficult times. It goes like this, God, my shepherd, I don't need a thing. You have bedded me down in lush meadows. You find me quiet pools to drink from. True to your word, you let me catch my breath and send me in the right direction. Even when the way goes through Death Valley, I am not afraid when you walk at my side. Your trusty shepherd's crook makes me feel secure. You serve me a six course dinner right in front of my enemies. You revive my drooping head. My cup brims with blessings. Your beauty and love chase after me every day of my life. I'm back home in the house of God for the rest of my life. That is a a very powerful translation. I'm now going to read it. Actually, I'm going to read it from three translations today. We're going to read it from the King James Bible as well, because I think that's the one most people will be familiar with. Uh, that is a, a a wording that's an elegant writing. It's it's poetic. Uh, 
and I think you're going to find it very, very helpful to hear it from the multiple translations. So let's look for the King James Bible. Um, give me one moment here. It is almost here. So the King James Bible will say, um, that uh, the Lord's my shepherd, I shall not want. This is the way it begins. Now, you got to remember that the wording of the uh, King James Bible is written in a uh, version that was written to be read and understood by the people of his day. In fact, I'm going to read it from the New King James Bible instead. The, uh, the King James Bible, if you read the preface to it, it says this. Most of you would not realize this, but right in the preface of the Bible, it says, this translation was written so that the people of King James's day could understand it in their day and age in their language. So there's much, much room and thought about translations. So the New King James Bible will say this, the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He makes me to lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside the still waters. He restores my soul. He leads me in the paths of righteousness for his name's sake. And yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. For you are with me, your rod and your staff, they comfort me. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil. My cup runs over. Surely, goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life. And I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Wow, that is a very, very powerful reading. Folks, these words have power. I'm not sure that you may be aware that Psalm 22, 23, and 24 are messianic psalms. They're pointing to Christ. They're pointing to what happened at the cross. This is a very important picture. In fact, if you'll remember back to the cross, one of the last seven words Jesus shared on the, on the cross, one of them was, My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? And it's a direct quote from Psalm 22. It's the start of the psalm. And uh, we're going to come back another time to talk about what that could mean. But I don't believe God forsake Jesus at all on the cross. I think Jesus was uh, shouting out and declaring something here and pointing to a prophecy that was happening right at that very moment. But Psalm 23, let's take a look at this uh, from the New Living Translation. And I think you'll find some really interesting thoughts. Because I believe every single line, every line in this psalm or poem or song uh, has deep meaning. And it points to a caring shepherd. You see, David, who wrote this, he knew an awful lot about sheep. He knew how, how annoying sheep were, how messy they were, how uh, skittish they were, how afraid they were, how they always got into trouble. And he had to take care of their needs all the time. He had to make sure they were fed. He had to make sure they had water. He had to make sure they had rest. And he had to do all this care for the sheep. And he learned 
learned a few things about this because he realized the sheep did not always appreciate everything he was doing. They didn't say, hey, thanks, David. That was so kind of you to always think of our needs first. They didn't do that. But David did this. And I believe it was through that contemplation and time that David realized, oh, my this is a, a beautiful picture of my Heavenly Father, how my Heavenly Father takes care of me. Then he wrote this psalm. So really, he wrote this psalm from the perspective of him being the sheep and his Heavenly Father being the great shepherd. So let's let's walk through this one line by line from the New Living Translation because I think you'll find some hope in it. It begins like this. The Lord is my shepherd. This is a very personal phrase. He uses the word my. His heavenly father as his guider, protector, provider. So there's a recognition here. It's a psalm of praise, really, that very first line. And then even thankfulness. It says it says then, uh, the Lord is my shepherd. I have all that I need. And he does. He's saying, Father, you've given me absolutely everything. I can't believe how much you provided. I've got everything right here and in greater abundance, as you'll hear in just a few few minutes. Then in line two, verse two, it says, he lets me rest in green meadows. Well, that right there is something really important. Now, it sounds all nice, and you can almost have the violin music playing as your screen or your image of a, of a nice wavy field uh, of grass. Isn't that wonderful? That can be an image, um, but there's multiple pictures. Uh, first of all, from the land uh, that David literally was in may not, ha- may not have been that lush. But something we've learned about sheep these days is that sheep tend to digest their food better when they're comfortable. If you give them a rocky place, they're not going to lay down and enjoy. Um, They're going to be kind of nervous and uncomfortable, and therefore the digestive system won't be that great. But their coats become better. Their their wool becomes better quality the more they rest and are are in a blissful state. So uh, David wrote, he lets me rest in green meadows and they digest their food better when they're resting. So David is saying, he has given me what I need to eat, and now he's letting me rest in a place so I can be blissful. That is a beautiful picture of a providing Heavenly Father. Next, it says, he leads me beside peaceful streams. Why is that so important? Peaceful streams. What's the difference? Well, here's the difference. Sheep have tremendous fears almost like the human race. Funny how that is. (laughs) But he says here, he leads me beside peaceful streams. Sheep are deathly afraid of rushing water. They will not drink a single drop if it looks so scary. They won't touch the water. They won't go near it. They're frightened by it. And today, from some of the research I've done, I have found out that some good shepherds have been known to carve out a small dam or a small stream of still water so that they don't have to drink from the crazy rushing river next to it that might be at flood season. Who knows what's going on? So there's a deep care, a deep comfort that's hitting. And so in the love of sheep and wanting a sheep to be healthy, he brings peace to even the water source and making sure it's calm and they're able to drink. Verse 3 says, 
He renews my strength. Who does it? His heavenly father does it. He's giving recognition to God, renewing his strength. He also is giving recognition to God when he says he guides me along right paths, bringing honor to his name. So here's the motive. This is all for the shepherd. The shepherd is doing this for his benefit. So the, the, the shepherd's the one who renews the strength. The shepherd's the one who guides along the right and safe paths. Are there times where you and I may not have walked the right path? We decided, nope, I don't want that one. I'm going this one over here because that looks more fun to me. <laughs> yes, I have done it many times. And as we can tell in some of this, some of the stories, especially in the New Testament, Jesus even says, even if there's one that goes off, I'll leave the 99 of my 100 and I'll go after that one. That's how much God loves us. That's how much Jesus loves us. And he's the one constantly guiding us. He does it through bringing people into our lives, through um, uh, our education, through our awareness. Uh, he does it through your connections with the relationships you're in, your spouse, your family, your parents, whatever's going on. Sometimes that those words of wisdom can be guiding. Uh, teachers can do that. Leaders and people of influence in your life are ways that God uses to guide us in great paths for your benefit, so God is honored in this. Again, this, this psalm is deep. It is powerful. And I am thrilled with the joy that I've already read from this. And I hope you're being encouraged by it too. We'll be back in just a couple minutes after a word from our sponsors and we'll come right back to verse 4 of Psalm 23. Looking for a real estate agent that will put your needs before his? Terry Van Lent is just that agent. Caring and honest are just two of Terry's best qualities, and they shine through in his real estate career. As a longtime resident of Waterloo Region, Terry is well acquainted with the area and its multitude of attractive amenities. For an agent that cares, call Terry Van Lent at Coldwell Banker Peter Benninger Realty, 519-742-5800, extension 2060. Family run, family owned. So their focus is on you. Conestoga Lodge Retirement Residence is a full-service retirement home in Kitchener. And you'll be impressed to know that they are not a big corporate chain. They're quality-driven with a focus on each and every individual. Conestoga Lodge offers permanent and short-term stays. To book a free, no-obligation tour, you can call 519-576-2140 or visit online at conestogalodge.com. Welcome back to uh, the second half of Still Growing in Grace. We are exploring Psalm 23. I'm currently gently and slowly walking through the New Living Translation, helping us understand uh, the meaning and perhaps some background to what this psalm can mean. More meanings than we may have been told. It's not just a reading you read at funerals. This is a reading for all of us at any time. If we want to give thanks, this is a beautiful psalm 
just to give thanks. If we want encouragement because we're walking through a hard time or a deep valley, this is a tremendous psalm. If you're at the end of life and you're wondering, oh Lord, what's going to happen to me? This is a perfect psalm for encouragement, especially at the end. Oh, wait till we get to that part. You'll love that. Do you realize that farmers know how much of a pain sheep are? If you are a farmer, you will realize that sheep are sometimes one of the dumbest animals on any farm at any time. They get in trouble. They get their heads caught in things. If you are a shepherd person, clearly you know that sheep get stuck in places they shouldn't be. They get birds caught. They they get their heads stuck on thorns and cut. And all kinds of things happen with sheep. They, they just don't know how to take care of themselves. That's why they need a shepherd to guide them. So we just finished reading, he renews my strength, he guides me along right paths, bringing honor to his name. In verse 4, this is a big one. Even when I walk through the darkest valley, I will not be afraid, for you are close beside me. Oh my goodness, a dark, dark valley. I have walked through a lot of dark valleys. And there have been many times, honestly, where I have not been able to perceive God being there. I have felt abandoned. I felt like I was in a place of darkness. I felt like uh, there is no hope. Oh no, I'm uh, my family's not going to be provided for. All these things have been a constant fear at different parts and times of my life. I've walked through dark valleys, uh, losing loved ones. Some of you have lost deep loved ones. I've had a chance to walk with families through their difficult times. Recently, I had the the privilege and honor of walking through a dark, dark valley with a family. They lost their 26-year-old daughter. She was a... Uh, a a go-getter kind of girl. She she was just the prime of her life, known by many people, and suddenly died at the gym of a brain aneurysm. Gone. Like instantly. In an instant, her whole family was walking through a deep, dark valley. And they still are. But here's the beauty of this. They weren't alone. They aren't alone. They're not alone right now. They weren't alone back then. They're, here it clearly says, David's saying, I will not be afraid for you are close beside me. Sometimes we see pictures of shepherds and they're way up ahead of the, of the sheep. And the sheep are way behind. Um, that is not the image that I see here, nor does it ring true to some of the shepherding stories I've learned and heard about. A shepherd, a good one, tends to stay right in the middle. Some of the helpers may be on the outside, but right in the middle. And he walks beside. You are not abandoned in your crisis right now. Whatever it is you're walking through, you're not alone. Your heavenly father is pacing with you. And in fact, I believe carrying you when you can't walk another step. I think there's a weird strength that it happens. It is a powerful one. So again, it says, even when I walk through the darkest valley, I will not be afraid. Afraid. Fear is the number one thing that paralyzes us. Through my difficulties, I've had many fears. Oh no, what's going to happen? How am I going to provide for that? Where's the money coming for that one? Uh-oh, are they going to make it? Is this person going to make it through? Are they going to have a happy life? Lots of fears, fears, fears. Lots of them. But David's writing 
and saying, I will not be afraid because you're close beside me. And when you're with somebody who has all the strength and all the confidence, there is no room for fear because confidence, love drives out fear. And when you're walking with the one who is divine love, oh yeah, that, that sure puts away fear mighty fast. Then he goes on to say, your rod and your staff protect and comfort me. Huh. Interesting. Well, I'll got, I got to admit something here to you all. And if you've heard some of my other programs, you'll know this is already true. But I grew up in a very strict uh, German Baptist uh, background. And so, and then again, it's not about talking about denominations, but my culture, especially in the German world, a lot of corporal punishment went on. We got hit a lot. We got smacked. We got spanked. You name it. All of it happened. And many of you recognize that pattern of, uh, of discipline that was uh, put onto us. I've, I've grown up hearing that a good shepherd smacks his sheep. Well, I got to tell you, that is an absolute lie. Shepherds never, never hit their sheep. Yep, not at all. It says here, your rod and your staff protect and comfort. It does not say, you strike me with it to keep me disciplined. It says here, it protects and comforts. So the, the, the rod could have been one of the, I don't know which one's which. I think the staff is more of the guiding. The rod is the protection one. It's the rod that was used to drive away enemies. If a wolf or a cougar or something or a lion came, wherever you are, the rod was the weapon of choice to drive them away, to protect, to keep away those things that could be danger. Not for the sheep. It's not for the sheep. Don't hit your kids. Don't hit your sheep. That's not what this is about. This is a picture of protection and comfort. And then the staff is a way to guide and direct and, and redirect. He, the shepherd will use the crook of the sheep to pull the sheep over and, and realign them onto this path of righteousness that he is leading them on. It's about comfort and protection. No room for smacking here. So if you've grown up with that mindset or never really thought about it, maybe we can revisit this Psalm 23 next time and find more hope in it as you reread it or if you hear it again in another kind of context. Verse 5 says, You prepare a feast for me in the presence of my enemies. It says it right there. It's blatant. It's clear. Here's something that, uh, an image that I've, that I've heard uh, where this could be coming from. As the shepherd is out, sometimes they don't get back to the fold uh, for protection for evening. They're, they've gone too far away, so they got to set up a camp at night. And they put a big fire in the middle. And uh, around the outside, as they start to peer, do you know how eyeballs of animals kind of glimmer and shine in the dark when it's reflected? Well, I'll bet you there could be carnivores ready, wanting to pounce, the enemies of the sheep, wanting to devour them. But the shepherd, in full protection, feeds his sheep right in the middle of of his enemies. While the enemies, the wolves are on the outside, the sheep are enjoying the full food that's required for that time, wherever they're in protective care. And there is a very profound encouragement here that even when I am being surrounded by enemies, God still feeds. 
he still protects, still speaks hope into us. And then it says here, you honor me by anointing my head with oil. And I thought, that's a weird line. What could that mean? If anybody puts oil on my head, that's weird. We hear about oil anointings in the scriptures where David had oil poured on his head when he was anointed king. And I thought, how does that work here with the sheep? Well, I'll tell you this. Two things I've learned from this one. Number one, sheep get in trouble a lot. They get their heads stuck in gates. They uh, scrape up against fences or if there's thorns, they get caught in the thorns and cut and scratch. Well, oil becomes a healing ointment. Uh, it, it's a, um, a tenderness of pouring, which we need to see. We need to see the tenderness of God here. Also, if they put enough oil on, all the bugs that were bugging the, the sheep and its eyes are now away, put away and the, the sheep has relief. It's unbelievable. It says also, my cup overflows with blessings. David's affirming the blessing of God. Lastly, he says, surely your goodness and unfailing love will pursue me all the days of my life, and I will live in the house of the Lord forever. This is a great way to end, ending today's uh, teaching as well as this psalm. Uh, I, I remember that one translation says, and he'll follow me the days of my life, blah, blah, blah. The word follow. Listen, I used to follow my kids to school, just to make sure they got there. Kids don't like being followed. The word here, pursue, is a more accurate translation. He pursues us, which is far more accurate for who God is and how much he loves us and does not want to leave us in a state of pain and despair and darkness. He pursues us. And eventually, we will experience, not just here on earth, but we'll also experience uh, living in the house of the Lord, whatever that will look like. We're not sure. We've got ideas galore. But the point of today is there is hope in Psalm 23. If you could see this through the eyes of David as a man who understood sheep, realizing that as a shepherd, you have to be others-centered. The word love, agape, is others-centered. And I want to affirm to you today that your Heavenly Father loves you and is shepherding you and guiding you. He will never ever abandon you, especially when you're in a crisis. Pray that he'll become aware to you and he'll tap you on the shoulder and you'll feel his awareness. Be encouraged. Join us again next week for more good news on Still Growing in Grace. Are you looking for an encouraging church where you'll discover hope in God who truly loves and accepts you? Hope Fellowship in North Waterloo meets every Sunday at 1030 and the great coffee is only the first thing you'll appreciate. If you're looking for a safe place, a relaxed community of people who want to grow in the freedom of God's grace, welcome to Hope Fellowship, second floor of the St. Jacob's Outlet Mall. Learn more at hopefellowshipycc.com and they do have that great coffee. Martin Small Engines and Auto Clinic in Elmira is more than small engines. Like their name says, Martin's is also a full-service auto clinic focused on automotive repair and service, brakes, tires, local lockout service, and so much more. Whatever you need, Martin's can do it. For that small-town feel with large shop quality, trust a team that really cares. Martin's Small Engines and Auto Clinic, Industrial Drive Elmira and martinselmira.com. 
You've been listening to Still Growing in Grace. I'm Pastor Mike Zenker, and I'd like to invite you to join me next Tuesday morning at 11.30 when our teaching time will continue. Or join us at 10.30 every Sunday morning at Hope Fellowship, your community church located on the second floor of the St. Jacob's Outlet Mall. If this show has been an encouragement to you, won't you help us spread this good news? Make your donation today by visiting stillgrowingingrace.ca. You can also catch up on past programs, watch YouTube videos of our talks, and download our weekly podcasts. Sign up for our email list and send in your questions. After all, no one has arrived, and we are all still growing in grace.